Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we'll end up uh, recapping the NFL's Week One action and uh, go through our our bets uh, from last week, which Sad some of us did well, some of us did not. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then half of us did pretty well. We'll we'll talk. Yes, half of us did. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk very very briefly about the horrible Royals and their disaster of a season. Uh, and then we'll we'll preview week two for the NFL uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, Mike, the NFL had a pretty crazy week one. Uh, what did you find is the most surprising story from the from the NFL week one? Is it Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, all 0-1 to start the season? The NFC South actually has a winning record after week one? Or just all of the uh, Green Bay, New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers saga and how that has played out so far because that's been yeah. nuts. Which did you find? Most if I had to pick one of those three, one of those three, I would say the the. Well, I think that Aaron Rodgers got hurt like on the fourth play or something like that. He yeah, was, like is one of his first dropbacks. I think is the most surprising, and also I think that Green Bay did very well. I like going into the week. It's one of those things where the Chiefs did so so badly in their game, but that kind of got lost in the shuffle with all the other teams playing later. So like you know you it might you thought well it was going to be Kadarius Tony's many drops and you know his drop that turned into a pick six uh, against the Chiefs and the Chiefs lose by one point and when they should have won that game by like fourteen points going away easily had mm. they been like a normal team catching the ball even without Kelsey even without Jones they should have won that game by you know ten points at least at least uh, a touchdown anyway yeah well if you add. Yeah, so one yeah, touchdown, touchdown plus the touchdown that they gave them. Yeah. yeah, and then I'd say like like there were so many drops later, like they should have caught, and like it was just awful. But but that's I guess it's not as bad as if you're a Jets fan, although they did get a win, which is I think also helpful long term for the Chiefs because I don't think the Bills are going to be that bad either, and without the Jets being a real now probably being a real rival to the bills i think the um the afc east is probably just a two-team race with the dolphins and and bills now Hmm. even though the jets won their game but i think zach wilson is not going to continue you know he wasn't very good at that the bill well the bills were just really awful allen had like four picks or something at least three yeah three and then he was like running for like in like just getting hammered every time like he didn't like try to avoid getting hit and like and you wonder is his is he still injured somewhat is he just i don't know it's 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 one it's a weird like you know he's kind of been going downhill since brian dable left and so maybe the bills will be slightly worse this year like they've gotten slightly worse the last few years um as a team, they looked similar to what they how they looked at the end of last season when Josh Allen was, yeah, banged up enough at least anyway that mm-hmm. elbow. Uh, but yeah, he seemed like he had like good arm strength. He just uh, yeah was mm-hmm. taking a lot of hits and yeah, especially some pretty nasty hits like towards the helmet too. Like uh, even even on plays that you know were incomplete you know, that he made a pass on, he was still taking hits. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't like the 
you know, zero sack performance that uh, the Chiefs offensive line got for Mahomes, where, you know, he can get banged up a lot too, but they, uh, yeah, Allen took a lot of hits. So I don't think he needed to. Well, yeah. Especially in a game that already featured a quarterback injury. You'd think they'd yeah. be going out of their way to try to avoid contact. And Yeah, it was like, yeah. Who? Well, did, did Allen have a worse game than Joe Burrow? That's the question. No, not well, Joe Burrow, I don't think he threw any picks, did he? No, but I think he only had like 86 yards. 80, 80, yeah, 82 yards passing. 82 on 30-something attempts. of 31. Yeah. 82 yards. That's not very good. That's especially, you know, like the day after or two days after signing the largest contract in the NFL. It just is, it's, It looks kind of bad, I guess, yeah. I suppose. But but it's, yeah, it's week one still, so we shouldn't get too worried. That's one of those things. Yeah. Um, I, I want, well, I think we'll, we'll end up talking more about the Packers and the Aaron Rodgers stuff, but I wanted to give you these tidbits about week one in the recent history, recent NFL history. So in um, 2022, week one action, Chicago, the Bears defeated the 49ers. Chicago would finish three and 14 the 49ers would finish 13 and four. Of course, that was the one of the games with Trey Lance as quarterback, but yeah, um, still uh the Bears beat the 49ers. Uh Pittsburgh also beat uh, the Bengals in opening week one last year at Cincinnati, 23 to 20. That was an interesting game. There were a lot of missed field goals by the Bengals and some big defensive plays by Pittsburgh. But uh the Bengals finished 12 and 4. They went to the AFC championship game. Uh, San Francisco went to the NFC Championship game uh, last year, so the, both the two of the four in, uh, championship appear uh, championship uh, game appearers. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a better what, what's contestants or contestants. Yeah, yeah, that's probably better. Uh, lost their op- yeah. opening games. Pittsburgh um, did finishing nine and eight, even though they were really bad early on. Um, Washington uh, defeated the Jaguars. Although Washington finished eight, eight, and one, and the Jaguars only nine and eight, but by the end of the year, you would think the Jaguars were one of the hottest teams, and they mm-hmm. won a playoff game. They were in, you know, they they you know were pretty close to the Chiefs, even though they played the Chiefs mostly with an injured Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Mahomes did not rupture his Achilles tendon like Aaron Rodgers did, but it seemed kind of, you know, a little similar. Um, and also, Tampa Bay uh, beat Dallas. 19 to 3 uh in Tampa Bay of course they won their division but they had a losing record and Dallas was 12 and 5 and had one of their best teams uh, even the, and Dak Prescott got hurt in that game and so that was week um week 1 of 2022 week 1 of 2021 had a couple of interesting results as well um Green Bay I don't know if you remember this with Aaron Rodgers lost at New Orleans 38 to 3 and Green Bay ended up finishing 13 and four that year. And yeah, um, two years ago, I think they went to the NFC title game and lost to the Rams. And um, New Orleans, I don't think, made the playoffs. So Arizona won 38 to 13 at Tennessee, but Arizona was finished 11 and six, but they lost um, like. They were they were ten and two at one point. They finished eleven and six and lost their first playoff game. And then they've gone downhill since. Mm. 
So they have not their... stopped sliding, right? Yeah. yeah. And and Tennessee was the number one seed overall in the playoffs mm. uh, on the AFC side. So uh, 12 and 5 that year. So, like, you can still lose those early games and be fine. Uh, Cincinnati might have lost their first two games last year mm-hmm. um, at Dallas and uh, home against Pittsburgh. So, so that's one of the things like with week one, it's crazy. Things don't always, it's not a normal week. Um, and things happen. I like, you know, and I, it, it took a weird, weird, weird series of events for the Chiefs to barely lose that game. And I, and I thought that was weird that people were talking about how, how, you know, great Detroit played and stuff like that. They just, they were the beneficiaries of like historically bad wide receiver play. And yeah, they were given a free touchdown and they didn't, yeah. you know, you could say, well, they, they had the ball at the end. They could have scored, but they, they really, the, the maximum they could have scored would have been 21 points. And, um, and then against the Chiefs, that's not usually going to win at Kansas City. So. Well, the Chiefs, whose uh, you know recent mo at least has been has been to not have very good defenses early in the year, as and it gets progressively better as the season and, goes and, on. And the defense held what was a very good offense last season to just uh, yeah, you know, just just two touchdowns for the whole game, which is and that was what, of course without awesome. Chris yeah. Jones on defense and also without Travis Kelsey on offense. So like their two best players, other than Mahomes, were not. Well, and um, Minihue was missing also, Minihue, which yeah. is supposed to be another you probably know, their second best defensive, defensive lineman the after defensive line. Yeah, so, so it's one of those things where I think I don't know what it really tells us about either of those teams. Yeah, I I think the Chiefs will be fine, but that was a real and hopefully Kadarius Tony's psyche is okay because he had, he and well Sky Moore looked terrible too, and he just was just as bad he didn't catch anything and but his performance flies under the radar because tony's yeah tony's was so so epically bad at least yeah so the two two the two touchdown uh two touchdown reception getters in the fourth quarter of the super bowl both had a combined one reception for one yard i believe Maybe two yards, two yards, something like two that. Yards. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And so that was a touchdown uh, the other way and a handful of drops. Yes. And I think yeah. there were like eight drops that the Chiefs had. And one of those drops was a drop right. It was a Tyreek Hill esque drop into another um, player. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, he had a, a brilliant game. Um, he had. Over 200 yards receiving, two touchdowns. 210, I think, yeah. Yeah, two attack a low through for, uh, I think, 466 yards. And that was a, a barn burner of a game. Uh, 36-34, a matchup between um, first-round draft picks from um, 2020. Uh, and Tua and uh, came out on top. Um, it was, yeah, uh, Terry killed two, 11 receptions, 215 yards, two touchdowns. So that was, you know, putting him on pace for more than about 3,500 yards, uh, this season. Yes. Do no. you think that he'll, if assuming Tua stays healthy, which is a big, big, big if, um, at least they have, um, 
Mike White as a backup quarterback who can at least make the offense hum a little bit, even if he throws a lot of picks, but which is probably better than either the, better than Bridgewater or better than um, Bridgewater was okay, but he also got hurt better than Skyward Thompson for sure. Do you think that Hill has a chance to go over 2,000 yards this year? Well, he's well on pace for it. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it seems to be that uh, he, he, can, he can get dinged up a bit as the season goes on because he does take some fairly heavy shots because, you know, he's, you know, active in the, in the play. So he's, he's there all the time. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's so, so dependent on Tua's health to get him the ball. So I would guess that uh, probably not, but I also wouldn't be that surprised if he, if he does at the same time, you know, is that, what, what were you thinking about that? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I think it, it hinges on, on Tua's health and it's one of those things where when I thought, actually, when I, I thought that when he'll left Miami, I thought that maybe he was sacrificing a potential like hall of fame career Mm-hmm. by leaving the chiefs but i think he's getting bigger he's getting bigger numbers as the number one guy in miami and i think miami probably has a more innovative passing game than the chiefs do right now i think my mike mcdaniels turned out to be a great offensive coach um probably better than maybe as good or better than shannon than kyle shannon who we worked for so like he's um and I think I think the Chiefs' offense looked kind of stale, especially their short yardage games when they had another stupid kind of Blake Bell uh, sneak or or thing that didn't work. Like let's third and one. Why don't let's 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 let not let's not let Mahomes do whatever. Yeah. And like Mahomes, if he just have him drop back, and then if there's nothing there, he can get a yard. Like yeah. Like he could scramble for a yard anytime he wanted, and he can, you know, he, you know, they really should have converted on the fourth and twenty-five play. That that was another drop, and it was on the hands. That yeah. pass was right there. Yeah, and so like, <laughs> just let Mahomes be Mahomes if you're going to make him be Mahomes. Like if you're going to like want him to be Superman, which is what the Chiefs' offense is kind of becoming. Like it's mm. putting them in like these awful positions, and like, you know, let's run it on. Uh, you know, um, second and 10, and then it's third and eight, and let's make Mahomes convert, or, and he usually does. But yeah, it's their offense, the game plan is not, hasn't been very good. And I don't think, I don't know if that's because of Matt Nagy, but it, I don't think it was much better under the enemy. Maybe it's, maybe it's just Andy Reid, um, not like he'll get those, those kind of dazzling plays every once in a while, like the, um, like the, what was the corn dog uh, that, that won the Super Bowl? But like in general, like the, the completions and that stuff seems a lot harder for the Chiefs than it does for a lot of these other mm. teams. Like, because there's no way that Tua should be doing so much. I don't know, doing so as well as Mahomes, uh, even though he has better, probably better, he's better receivers. But it seems like his game, the game plan for him is is really easy i guess and that's that's maybe what maybe that's the shanahan thing it's making the game plan for the quarterback easy 
And so, like, Purdy had another good game in Pittsburgh. Was that a surprising game to you, that uh, San Francisco uh, blew up Pittsburgh the way they did? in pittsburgh um i'm i'm not terribly surprised by that I, the thing that i thought was maybe most surprising from that game at least when it was that purdy actually still looks pretty healthy because you hadn't really seen him much you know, he only played i think one series i think in the last preseason game mm-hmm. that's really not enough to tell like if he's sort of back to normal or not but what you know but what is normal he's only played a handful of games i think that was the sixth game something like that uh so uh you know that's not really enough to to know how how well a quarterback is going to perform and i don't know if you noticed that but yeah he was wearing the uh the captain's uh yeah. desig- designation on his jersey too so that that's pretty impressive from uh to go from uh you know mr irrelevant to captain of the team well yeah <laughs> well, he's one of the captains year right yeah, like yeah they they made a big point this year of making uh kyler murray a captain for the cardinals which yeah. i think Usually it's something like you say, well, why isn't your quarterback the case? But like, you know, like Kyle Murray, like nobody, like he just plays video games all the time, I think. And, and you know, he's, I don't know when he's coming back for the Cardinals, but the Cardinals look bad against Washington. But they uh, weren't out of it. No, because Washington looked pretty bad too, because they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. They, they also don't have a quarterback. So yeah. <laughs> Well, Joshua Dobbs, who was the quarterback for Cardinals, he'd only been there like a week. So, like, maybe they could get better. But, like, I don't think they're going to be playing teams with – well, it's the NFC, so maybe they're going to be playing some teams with bad quarterbacks. Um, who do the the Cardinals play? Oh, uh, they play the Giants, speaking of teams that did really, really awful in week one. That was a – so which which New York team had a worse week? <laughs> yeah or the giants or the jets you lose your quarterback for the season or you get blown out 40 to nothing at at (laughs) uh man that's a that's a that is a tough question there like which would you rather have yeah i I mean neither really but but like some of those some of those points that the the cowboys scored like three or more defensive touchdowns and things like that or special teams return like that's fluky. I, I I don't I still don't buy. Like, you can have a good defense, but if you are getting by on a lot of defensive scores and things like that, unless you're the like two thousand Baltimore Ravens, it's something that doesn't really win in the modern NFL consistently. Yeah. Especially when you play teams with good offenses, and so the Cowboys did pretty well in defense until they played like Philadelphia last year or San Francisco or the good teams with good yeah. offenses. So I think. But but they have a good defense themselves. I mean, they did hold the Giants to zero points. Yeah, the Giants looked. It was I guess it was a rainy night. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it doesn't seem like well that big con the quarterbacks with given big contracts in the off season. Did any of them win? Because Daniel Jones got a big contract. He lost. Just Herbert got a big contract. Although he played pretty well. Yeah, um, that was a high scoring game. Thirty six for it wasn't. It wouldn't say well that's on herbert but um and then and then of course the uh joe burrow uh atrocity Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah it was yeah week one it was just crazy i don't yeah i don't if you're um so in some ways i think it week one even though the chiefs lost it turned out really really well for the chiefs because denver lost 
the Chargers lost, mm-hmm. the Bengals lost, the uh, the the Bills lost. So really, the 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 threats in the division and the threats, I think, to be the number one overall seed in um, the AFC all lost. And Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. So like that, you know, Week Four matchup in New York, you got to feel pretty good about the Chiefs' chances now. Now, you know, I don't see how Zach Wilson or Carson Wentz or whoever the you think the Jets are going to bring somebody in to compete with Wilson. I, Tom, it, Tom Brady, they'll have, to bring, they'll have to bring someone else in, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, I have no idea where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, I, we've already heard some creative names, I guess, at least anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be Wentz, but um, I've heard the uh, one of our friends, uh, Steve Adam Mitchell, thought it might be Tom Brady. But um, speaking of the Mitchells, I also uh, did you get the text that uh, Travis Kelsey apparently is dating possibly uh, Taylor Swift? <laughs> I I, I had heard like the rumor he got rejected by Taylor Swift, but then now it seems like maybe they've been uh, since in, then. Uh, apparently, they have been hanging out. That's what what was said. Yes. Yeah. So now we have. Uh, you think that will. So that's what Travis has been doing the last week since he's been uh, rehabilitating from his uh, having from his injury. His his bone, I guess they called it a bone bruise now, rather than just a hyperextension. Yeah, but now without um, without damage to the ligaments, yeah. I guess, though too. I said that yeah. I, I'd see that they were there was some fear that it was a very specific knee injury, which would may have kept him out for the entire year, but it was not that. That's good. Yeah, because this might be. I say Kelsey. This that you know. Had he had like a significant injury, that could have affected his rest of his career. Like he might not even play. Like this is one thing. It's like with with Rogers. Do you, do you think Rogers is going to come back? Do you think he'll play for the Jets next year? I don't think he'll want to go out on that. That's what I'd be surprised yeah. by. And and he deferred so much of a salary to the remaining years of his deal. I can't imagine him just walking away from it. I think he may he may try to carry the in, injury designation out into another season if he has to, just to make sure he gets as much of the salary as he can anyway. Yeah. He needs to write off a lot of it if they, you know, can't carry him on mm-hmm. the roster. But it it'd be crazy to think that he would walk away from a contract of that size without trying to play it out. I guess it's better for the Jets. And better for Rodgers that he got hurt very early in the year, because mm. assume now that if it, he does come back and rehabs, he could be ready by week one. Ish, year. if not, if not, maybe a couple weeks in at, at work. It's like a year. It's like a year recovery usually. Yeah. Do um, you remember he's very old? He's the obvious, so, Achilles tendon. So. Yeah, he's older, but he's also somebody like you know he's a quarterback, so he might just he doesn't need to run around all the time mm. he's always been a mobile quarterback but but he's also a fantastic pocket passer so maybe yeah we'll just become a kind of Dan Marino like statue just throwing it just, just getting rid of the ball so quickly that you know you aren't going to get sacked a lot well, like what Tom Brady did at the Tom Brady did yeah towards well from a lot of his career but especially at the end you know towards the end of the career yeah you know it's Peyton Manning did that's what um at the end especially Mm-hmm. as well so it, it yeah so maybe i i think i i i like you i do think probably he'll come back i think he would that's a 
bad taste to be left and I, you don't want to end on that i don't think yeah that's yeah i i i, I, I mean think... I, I could see him walking away during a season if the situation was right if it just felt like he was done and he's like oh well i just won this game <laughs> you know my leg hurts too much to play anymore maybe i'll yeah like the jets are three and ten yeah we won this last game and i'm just yeah or or something like that maybe he would just say oh i want i want uh wilson to try to um come in and get some more reps or something like that and i'll just yeah. Yeah. retire but um zach wilson did say that if so if, the, if they brought another quarterback in uh wilson would make that guy's life a living hell <laughs> uh, quote quote uh do you think that zach wilson had perhaps a voodoo curse placed on aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers? And uh, had and then and that was the reason that uh, Rogers got hurt. I don't have evidence for the for the opposite argument, so <laughs> it's, in, it's in play as a possibility, Mike. That's what uh, I guess the evidence against it is that uh, Zach Wilson went to BYU, and you don't think of uh, Mormons as dabbling in the occult, and uh, well, other than their own kind of. Uh, interesting uh, uh uh theology but uh it's you know i i wouldn't see them as as they're kind of mild-mannered i would say usually in, in, generally in general yeah. yeah uh aaron Rodgers, i think would perhaps have sought some sort of um alternative uh medicine alternative kind of uh you know uh, mind practice so maybe he could have gone to see some sort of of uh voodoo type of of uh priest or something like that and perhaps got the wrong uh uh ended up getting the wrong spell uh yeah. something like that or he tried to do it himself because he read a, he read he read uh uh wikipedia article and and thought he could do it you know it's i don't know we we had talked also about do, do you think Wilson is going to get actual surgery or is he going to see some sort of quack uh, that will um, immunize him from future injuries? I think, I mean, probably both of those, I would assume. (laughs) Uh, I think, I think the team will make him have a surgery of some kind. (laughs) He is definitely going to some uh, non-traditional. He's not going to go to like some sort of healer that kind of puts his hands close to the body. Yeah. Touch it. Right. Right. Well, I'm sure that will also. Sends healing um, energy from his uh, chakras to uh, Aaron's. For sure. That is for sure happening. Probably right now, as we were speaking right now, it's probably happening. <laughs> you might be taking ayahuasca in a, in, a, in a dark, in the dark, yes, somewhere. Well, now he could do that. He can go on a he can go on a darkness retreat for months now, and really maybe even a year if he wanted to. Really meditate and focus, yeah. and maybe um, come back next year in a you know Shaolin, uh, you know uh you know style type of uh martial arts person or something yeah yeah well hopefully plays quarterback like that too that'll be exciting (laughs) to see yeah it seemed like Mahomes had a lot of those moments where uh last week and it still wasn't enough because the 
he had no receivers. So maybe the question also is, do you think the Chiefs have a good enough receiving core this year? We're going to assume Kelsey comes back. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's not. You could say, well, maybe he's only 90. You know, he's getting older. So even best case scenario might be he's only 90, 90% of what he was last year. And then maybe the year after, he'll be 90% of what he was the year before. And it's kind of going to go you know, is going to go downhill from here. He's like, how old is Kelsey? Like, is he 34? I think that sounds right. Um, he is 33. He'll be 34 uh, in about three and a half weeks. So, okay. um, so, so he's basically, like, yeah. he's yeah, basically yeah. 34. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'd say the main thing that that we that we've seen from the first game, at least, anyways, the offensive line looks pretty good. Like Mahomes had a lot of time, and it does seem like the connection with quarterback and receivers takes a little longer to develop. Mm-hmm. So like as the season goes on, I think they'll they'll be more in sync. Uh, and yeah. hopefully they will. I mean, it doesn't seem like it'd be possible to have that many drops in another game, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean. If you can find somebody out there, I think they'll probably try to bring someone else in. But I mean, I think the receivers are pretty good in general. And I think some of that connection will come along as the season goes on. Yeah, I think the offensive line stays intact and plays like they did in that first game. Yeah, well, I'll I'll talk about the offensive line once. But I think I think a big reason also is that Tony missed basically the entire training camp. Because he got like on the first day and then practice, right? First practice. And then he's back like. You know, he's for the first last for the first game, game. and, and he's, he played just a bit, right? Did he play? Some you know, he he didn't play in the preseason at all. Oh, no, he didn't play at all. Yeah, he so like he was like ruled kind of okay, like Monday or Tuesday before the game, I think. Okay. Same thing with Snead. Snead didn't have a um a great game either, although uh, McDuffie played really well, and the, I thought the secondary did pretty well. Um, other than a couple of drives where they or the Lions kind of marched down the field, the, the, the Chiefs' um, defense looked very good um, without Jones. Um, we'll talk about the Jones contract in one in a, like in a minute. But the, the offensive line, do you, like the, the, one of the big kind of controversies this game was that Juwan uh, Taylor, the right tackle, was at least according to the um, uh, analysts uh, on at, at the Chiefs game. Mm. Uh, was lined up illegally and then also moving uh, too fast. Mm. Uh, do you Getting think a bit of a head start, perhaps. Do you think the Chiefs are going to work on that, or is Taylor going to get uh, penalized for – because I think people are going to notice that. But I, last year, I think we both were talking about how it seemed like a lot of teams, the tackles were moving. Like, Maybe a little earlier. Or the uh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it was pointed out, I think, you know, by analysts, but I mean, it was flagged, I think, on the very last possession that the Chiefs. Yeah, the fourth down on the the fourth, the fourth and 20 became a fourth and 25. Yeah. And because of that, but, but, you know, if he was doing it the entire game, I don't know why they would have chosen to flag it. Well, it seemed like he went a little earlier, even that time. Even even earlier than what they were allowing before. But again, though, I think the officials are supposed to like, at least if he's lined up improperly, they can tell you that so that he would i didn't think he was lined up really unusually like when they said his head was not the waist of of the other guy it looked like it was to me uh yeah i I didn't see that that because mike mike uh Pereira 
uh, said, but I, I, I you weren't even you weren't looking at it down the line, so like you couldn't right. angle anyway. But I thought I thought I I didn't think that looked that unusual. Like I, don't, I didn't think he yeah. was too far back. But I thought that he was um, jumping back earlier than you would if like if you're a fan of the other team earlier you would say that that's a little too early. But I remember yeah. him doing that for the Jaguars too, mm. um, and. Uh, but but yeah, but Taylor handled Aiden Hutchinson pretty well. But then Hutchinson, when he moved inside, uh, went over uh, Trey Smith uh, uh, more easily. But there are no sacks uh, mm-hmm. that the Lions had, so that's good. I think uh, how many sacks did uh, Orlando Brown uh, allow for the uh, for the Bengals? Do you know? Uh, I just know what yeah what uh, Burrow did as a as a quarterback for that game. I didn't see how many. Sacks the war in that one. I'm looking it up right now. Uh yes, we talked about how Burrow gets sacked about twice as much. Yeah. As Mahomes. And that probably can explain why Burrow's traditionally his completion percentage is higher than Mahomes because Mahomes throws it. Away. He'll get rid of it instead of taking the sack. Uh Burrow was sacked twice. Just sacked twice. Okay. Well, he was sacked an infinite more amount of times more than Mahomes uh this past that is, game. That is accurate. Although you could say probably the pressure was um much harder on Mahomes than it was. So it looks like Miles Garrett had one sack. He was an outside rusher. And the the and and, and the other defensive end uh was so they I'm not I'm not sure yeah you know, if Brown was the uh there were defending, ten, yeah, the defending tackle on that play. Yeah, so, there were ten quarterback hits on Burrow, and um, there were. Oh, I'm stuck on es. What's ESPN.com dot sg? How did I get sg here? I don't know. I don't know that what, one. Is. What do you think sg dot sg is? I don't know. It's got all. It's it's. Uh, Detroit had seven hits on Mahomes. So when I clicked on football, it became soccer. Um, oh. oh, the the, the uh, we'll talk about the Royals. They had ten to nine in the bottom of the eighth inning. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about them in a second. Um, and uh, um, I won't. I'm gonna see how much Mahomes was pressured in that game. It seemed like he was pressured a lot, but he was able to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well. There are only four quarterback hits on Mahomes, and you think, wait, no, it was seven quarterback hits on seven. Mahomes. Seven on Mahomes. So, um, he Hutchinson got three of them. Yeah. And and so, like, but but Mahomes was able to maneuver and things like that. He still didn't have a great game for his own sake he had a only a 77.5 passer rating but he actually had a 70.5 qbr which is actually pretty high uh because he he ran the ball well in his interception that was counted but not counted against him in the QBR mm. stats the drops i think partly were but like you know he had the interception return for a touchdown but that was completely not his fault and right so I think the stats didn't quite tell this story there, but um, speaking of of 
the Chiefs game. What do you think of the Chris Jones holdout ending? Uh, it, I mean, it's. I think it's good for the Chiefs. It's kind of unfortunate for probably for Jones that he didn't actually get an extension, though. So it seems as though they just added some incentives to his current one-year deal uh, to get him back mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Uh, which means we may be doing a lot of this all over again next year. Next year. I've, I've read that the Chiefs also do have a franchise tag available next year, so they could just franchise him, and probably he'll get an increased salary slightly um, yeah. next year than he has now. So, like, because a lot of the big uh, defensive tackles were signing twenty-five mm. plus million dollar deals, mm. and I think it's the average of the top five. Yeah, and but it so- would. He definitely won't get that you know, number one, number two, number three is going to be just an average of, right? Yeah, so, like, it's Aaron fun. Donald and then, like, a bunch of people making around $25 million, I think. So, yeah, that would be, you know, probably $27 million or something like that, maybe. And yeah. um, he's making about $20 million this year with a few more million of incentives that he's gotten. So, and some of those incentives seem like they're a little far-fetched. Um, I think he gets $2 million if he's defensive player of the year. And he's probably not going to be, you know, no matter how good he is, he's probably not going to be defensive player of the year. Although he was pretty, he was, I think, top three last year. You could argue maybe he was the best. He said in the off in the offseason that he was going to win defensive player of the year this year. Well, if he comes back and... and just, then he also held out. So then he... Well, I mean, yeah. Well, he's only held out one game. So maybe in some ways you could say, well, if he gets the big stack, uh, sack numbers and things like that... Mm. It's good. It might actually help him saying, well, he, he didn't even play the first game. He played these last games, though, and did very yeah. well. So, um, so uh, maybe the maybe the bigger question for the immediacy, at least anyway, is do you think he'll be on the field Sunday? Yeah, I do. It's one of those things where I think having the 10-day period between Thursday night and Sunday afternoon is was, was beneficial for the Chiefs. Is it on Sunday or is it Monday that he, he he's Monday is when they announced it, but I'm Monday sure they so, knew. So if he's there now, must have known already. If he's there now, he's gonna have a full week of practice. Well, he was yeah. at the game. Yeah, yeah, he was at the game. We saw him sitting next Thursday. to his agents, one of whom I I thought looked suspiciously a lot like George Costanza, but with uh the, the hairpiece that George right. wore in that episode <laughs> when he and uh, John um. Uh, I can't remember John Lovitz's character's name, but when John Lovitz uh, got that hairpiece because he pretended he was having, he pretended he had cancer, and uh, and then George went to uh, get one as well, and and uh, George really liked it, but uh, Jerry thought it was hilarious, and Elaine hated it and threw it out the. <laughs> I don't like this thing. And threw it out the. Threw it out the <laughs> um, but uh, I thought he looked a lot like uh, Costanza with a wig, his face anyway. He's probably a little a little less stocky maybe than Jason. Alexander. Yeah. But um, a very similar look to me. But he was one of the, I think there's two brothers that are the agents of, and they sat on either side. Right. Chris Jones. Yeah, so that's it is unfortunate, though, that Jones didn't, uh, you know, actually get the extension that he wanted. So I wonder if that's something that his agents thought he could get and then they weren't able to deliver for him or if they just, well, you know, yeah. decided he, this this season was more important than sitting out. Yeah, so I think the incentives at least make up for what he's going to have lost, and it's. But that's that was 
does but nothing then, compared to what he just would have just like come to camp at the beginning. Well, it's like a million. It's like a million or two more. Maybe he can get. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but like, it's, yeah, it wasn't a whole lot. And it's, I guess, I think Jones also is thinking, well, I need to play a lot this year if I want to get a big contract from somebody. Yeah, I can't hold out um, much longer. Also, maybe he decided he wanted to come back because the Chiefs' defense was looking pretty good, and he yeah. thought they didn't look as bad without me as I thought they might. If the they'd office, gotten blown out, do you think he would have gotten the uh, the extension? The extra he might have, or at least he would have gotten a lot more money on this one-year deal. Yeah. Although as the cap, I guess, is a, um, an issue. The Chiefs really didn't have any cap space. Right. But, um, yeah. But, uh, maybe before we jump into our uh, recap of our betting competition from this week, I was going to ask you about the uh denver raiders game mike (laughs) after after all of the talking and maybe you know concern about the uh for chiefs fans being you know maybe a little bit worried about denver improving a lot this year what did you think of of their game yeah they lost the home loss to the raiders at home uh it was not a pretty game it was a defensive struggle or offensive kind of um thing of little beauty but i again it's one game although yeah denver did lose by one point or very close game uh, to seattle to open the year last year and that ended up voting very poorly for them so I don't know. I think it I think it means that Denver is not where they want to be for sure. And that and it's one of those things where maybe the Raiders aren't as bad as you might think they are. Since, you know, this is they got they got Garoppolo who is familiar with Josh McDaniel's New England style offense. Mm-hmm. And he's he's maybe not a flashy quarterback, but he's definitely competent. Yeah, and maybe that's all that Russell Wilson is now, is just a kind yeah. of average NFL starter. But after after uh, complaining about the uh, Broncos' offense, firing Nathaniel Hackett, bringing in an offensive coach, and then scoring the exact point per game average of last <laughs> year in the first game, what about that? Yeah, Does so that mean anything? A confusing. It's just week one. Yeah, it, but Wilson, like if you look at the stats, it's kind of interesting. Wilson had he was twenty seven for thirty four, very good. Pat, uh, completion percentage um, about 80% and he had 108 uh, passer rating uh, 74.7 QBR which is out of 100 and that's mm-hmm. really good so Mahomes I think last year was in the 70s somewhere and two touchdowns and no interceptions they just and then they're running they ran for 4.3 yards a carry but they didn't score any points, and that's one of those. I don't know. Um, the Raiders. Uh, they didn't have any turnovers. That I did they. Uh, not that I not that I remember at least anyway. And so you like you wonder how they scored so few. Same thing for the um, Raiders. Like uh, Garoppolo had was twenty for twenty six, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. He had one interception, but he had one hundred seven point nine quarterback rating. Wilson's average per attempt was only. Uh, 
5.2 yards, which is uh, or yards per completion, I guess, is it uh, 5.2 yards, but not very good. Garoppolo was better. But the rushing for the Raiders, Jacobs had 19 carries for only 48 yards. Yeah, uh, two and a half yards a carry. That's not good. Yeah, the team was 2.1 yards a carry. So, like, I maybe you can chalk it up to good defense, but still you want – I don't know. You'd think that Denver would be able to score more points on the Raiders at home. So, yeah, maybe Denver is – a little better than they were last year. I think they didn't have some of the in like crazy incompetence, like you could see in the first game of Denver season last year. Like when they went for like a long, like a fifty-eight yard field goal on like fourth and one at the end of the towards the end of the game, rather than uh, just trying to go for it and and then um, you know make at least get a more makeable field goal. So there's like a minute left or something like that. So like if they did that, they could. But they decided to kick a really long one and missed, it. and then they lost. And like that, that was the first week, and then like it got it kind of snowballed and got worse and worse under Nathaniel Hackett. This is all, maybe this also brings us back to the Jets because now the Jets have Nathaniel Hackett without Aaron Rodgers. Um, we think of him as being a poor offensive coordinator, poor coach in general here at the Power Hour, at least um, from this side of the uh, uh, <laughs> this side of the broadcast uh, booth. I. I think the only reason he was seen as a competent, somewhat competent offensive coordinator is because he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and probably Rodgers could make most uh, offensive coordinators at least look decent. And so maybe, yeah, the Jets might be really in trouble since they don't even have a maybe a competent offense because they basically just brought in Hackett because it would get Aaron Rodgers, and now Aaron Rodgers is gone, and now we're stuck with Hackett. Just like just like Denver was stuck with Hackett after uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't show up, and they, well, they had Russell Wilson. Say, okay, well, we got Russell Wilson, uh, but now the, the, but the, the Jets now have another Wilson as their so it's it's uh, you know there's some parallels and it comes yes. to uh, so it's Zach Wilson instead of Russell, but just you know you might think well maybe Zach will have a chance to fulfill the promise that he has a very high draft pick now and and I don't know do you think that. Mm-hmm. So which which teams which team do you like uh, the chances better now because you saw Denver lose to a team that was you thought would be bad yeah that's one but now they don't have a quarterback do you think which of the, which do you think the Jets or the you know, both of these teams are defensive heavy teams even though they have Sean Payton as an offensive minded coach in Denver but it's Denver's been it's been the defense that's been. Um, you know, leading the charge the last several years, probably basically since Peyton Manning's last season, they've just been, it's been a defensive uh, uh, team. Do you, do you think that who wins more games this year, the Jets or the, or the Broncos? I think, I think both of us, I think neither of us had them as playoff teams before. I I had the Jets as possible. Actually, I had the Jets and the Broncos as possible contenders. Yeah the playoffs but like um they're either in or outside looking in right but they're right right on the edge yeah uh i'm guessing that you probably don't have the jets as a playoff team now if you're redoing your your uh scenario uh i mean i I don't think that the broncos lost anything though so i think they're maybe the broncos will end up with a maybe a win or two more than the jets but i think they're both outside the playoffs still that's my well like you could say at least the jets jets have a win in hand the yeah, Jets are one win. 
Yeah, but what uh, they, they lost their quarterback? So, like, you know, they beat we'll the Bills. Season they season they beat the Bills without Aaron Rodgers, and so you could say, well, maybe the Jets are still okay yeah. uh, because they could win without their good quarterback. And the, and even with Russell Wilson, the Broncos couldn't beat the Raiders. But like, I do, I I'm just kind of arguing sort of the devil's advocate here. But I I do think probably, but Denver, you could say, plays in a. I don't know. I think both divisions are tough, so it's it's hard to say. But yeah, I, I could both. I could see them. I I thought of them both as being kind of nine and eight, ten and seven types type teams. Yeah. This year, now I think of them probably. I don't know, seven and ten teams. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. The Broncos have more of a chance to turn it around. I think. I think the Jets. Because Wilson didn't look very good, yeah. But he looked, but um, Josh Allen looked worse, and uh, so, um, yeah. I don't, I, yeah. It's it's not it's not looking good, especially. I'd say the, I'd say the Jets are looking worse. And do you, the do you think the Jets or the Giants are going to win more games? I guess is another. We talked about who had the worst day, the Jets or the Giants. Do you think the Jets or the Giants are going to win? Which of those teams now is going to win more games? Oh man, I think I think. I kind of expected the Giants to, you know, lapse a bit from last year's season. Uh, it, it, that first game's got to hit pretty hard. So I, I guess we'll we'll know a lot more after how they how resilient they are in week two if they bounce back at all. If they come back and crush their next opponent, you know, maybe yeah, we'll, we'll be so worried about them. But I, I'm still not expecting a lot from from either of them. Yeah, maybe six to seven wins for each of them, probably. Well, the Giants, so fortunately kind of for them, not they, not impressive. They play the Cardinals. Uh, so they they'd better win that game, but if they a, don't blow them out, if it's a close game that like lingers to the end, I don't think you yeah. probably have much expectation. The for Jets that. go to Dallas, so that doesn't look that that's does not look probably good. not great. Well, uh, one one little tidbit about the uh, that Raiders um, Denver game that I just noticed that I thought was kind of interesting. Anyway, I was talking about how how was the scoring so low despite the offensive numbers? If you omit the one play end of half possession there were only 11 possessions in the entire game oh so so just methodical kind of long long drives drives that sometimes ended in nothing there's a missed field goal yeah i guess they were they did there weren't many incomplete passes yeah there were a lot of short runs and that probably meant third down conversions a lot there were only three punts yeah a lot of third down conversions that's and, and um and no turnover on downs either so and there was one turnover so that's that's just yeah long drives that resulted in you know something or not much yeah. right yeah that's just that's just kind of interesting it's just a lo- very low number of possessions for for a game though you know mm-hmm. well um speaking of poor performances our betting performances uh, in uh, at least my betting performances were really bad. Um, How did you do on your three uh, picks that you made for uh, the show? And then we can also talk about our, our overall numbers. Uh, But um, yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. I, I, did pretty well i should have gotten all three mike but uh but you know what we both talked about this one game already anyway but 
for the first pick that I had was Philly minus four at New England, uh, which Philly just held on enough the twenty five twenty victory to and cover the spread. Point. So I got the uh, one the one point victory there on my first pick. Uh, how did your first pick go? Um, bad as bad as the other ones went. I was zero and three, and. Yeah. I had let's say I'll I'll start with my um I had two over unders. I'll start with my first over under. It was over under 41 points uh between the 49ers and the Steelers. I I correctly thought that at least it wasn't going to be a a low scoring affair necessarily. And for one team it wasn't and the other team Kind of like so, San Francisco scored thirty, and all in all, uh, uh, the Pittsburgh would have had to do is score two touchdowns to make it uh, forty-four and push it over the forty-one, which was what I uh, thought it would go over, and it didn't. And Pittsburgh, I, we had thought, well, Kenny Pickett had a perfect passer rating in the preseason. We think that, you know he only threw two interceptions, like the last half of the season and like he was on his way up and you also thought well um I thought also the 49ers defense was not as good without uh Nick Bosa who did sign but he didn't I don't think he played in the I don't yeah I don't think he was there yet yeah he he signed a couple days before. no he did he did play oh he did he had two tackles in the game okay but he was probably hit the QB once Okay, but he didn't have like a sack or two, like you yeah. know you think of Bosa's usually. So he was he was maybe fifty, maybe he kind of half half uh, acclimated uh, at best. And so I thought, yeah, I didn't. I thought that she. I thought that I thought the uh, Steelers would be able to score at least a decent amount. So I was thinking it was going to be like a, I don't know, twenty eight to twenty four kind of game, and. And that would have been comfortably over. I also thought maybe the Steelers went at home because it was the Steelers were had TJ Watt back and their offense, you know, Najee Harris is healthy and George Pickens is looking good. Deontay Johnson got hurt. Um, he's doubtful for the next game. So it's, but yeah, I, I just, I just thought it would be higher scoring and it was only high scoring on one side. And that doesn't usually bode well for the over under, unless it's really, really, really. Were, were you watching the game though? No, I didn't. I wasn't able to watch it. Um, I because the over under it, it got close at the end because yeah, Pittsburgh was I, driving and they got to the San Francisco twenty five yard line. On a, for a fourth I think I was play. following that. I and had then, the Ravens yeah. game on here. That was the CBS game. Like so, like the Ravens and Steelers were both playing, and the Browns were playing. So like all the games were like at the same time, and and I yeah. wish. But yeah. you just need you just needed one touchdown and they're at the 25 yard line. But yeah. With with some time left too. Because it was like the two minute warning, I think. Yeah. It was that the two minute warning when they got to the 25. Yeah. You think that they you, had that an thought, opportunity. Yeah, I thought they might be able to get a meaningless touchdown to get the over. But and that, and that would have been enough. It would have been enough. Would have been the but alas, it was not. So, uh, so now are, are you gonna be anti Pittsburgh because they failed you? Possibly next time, but I don't want to be too. I don't want to get clouded. Uh, so I need to be for my uh, betting system to work. I need I need to have a clear, impartial mind. Oh, uh, my, mine's all based on spite, and <laughs> that's why you did so well. Uh, who I dislike 
the most. What, you won. Okay, well, tell me about your uh, the other bet then. Your second bet. Uh, the second bet, I'll, I guess the second bet that I got correct uh, was the Jacksonville indie game at Jacksonville minus five at Indianapolis. That and I was pretty worried long. about that one. I did not think it was going well. It looked like uh, Jacksonville was going to lose and Indianapolis was going to win outright. So Yeah. Still- and it took a late couple of scores, two fourth quarter scores from Jacksonville uh, to cover the spread there. Jacksonville ended up winning 31-21 which was enough to cover the five-point spread. Yeah, and it went it went uh, over as well. And I think it, I think both of us were a little surprised maybe that Anthony Richardson had a pretty good statistical. Well, and, and I think of the three high draft pick quarterbacks, Richardson, I think, had the best game. Yeah, he did and throw He was a supposed to be the most project of the three. Yeah. That, did you find that interesting at all, or is that? I thought I think, so too. I thought that was interesting, but I think Richardson is less of a project and maybe closer to ready than to I be. I guess disruptive. you think maybe that the Colts roster might be a little better than, at least better than Houston. But mm. I think people were thinking Carolina was going to be the best. Yeah. Simply because, I think people thought Bryce Young was going to be good, and I, I'm one of those people that I don't think he's going to be good because he's too small. And I don't. I think that is a big detriment in the NFL. It's okay in college because the guys are smaller and you can run this more wide open system and stuff like that. But if you get hit and you get hurt, you know that's a you know that's what two two is on the small side for a quarterback, and he gets injured a lot. And people thought you know feared for his you know quality of life really last year. Yeah. In, yeah. in college and in the pros, both he's been injured. He's been injured. So I, a lot and injured a lot. Yeah. And he's stockier than Young is. Young is like Kyler Murray, who's also been injured a lot. And maybe, maybe I think Young is, seems more studious and more maybe into football than uh Murray. Maybe than Kyler Murray, yeah. But I am yeah, I I I am I if I had to be I think I was th- I was thinking well I thought probably this year um that uh well this year I didn't I thought the Richardson might be the worst of the three quarterbacks this but, year but I thought maybe but that was an expectation more, of just being more of a project though, yeah right? I thought maybe he had the most long term upside yeah I yeah. thought Stroud coming in would probably be the best of the three and. And I, so I, I, Stroud had a pretty okay game. He didn't throw any interceptions, uh, 242 yards, but not 28 of 44, 242 low. Um, but you know, they didn't score any points against Baltimore. So yeah, it was one of the few games that I got right kind of on most, I think in all three. Uh, in our whole bet, so the, I, I I picked the under. I picked the, I think I picked the under. I picked uh, Baltimore to cover the plus the minus ten, and Baltimore money line, and I think that was one of the few games that I got all um, across the board. Yeah, across the board that I got right, and Cincinnati, Cleveland. It looks like you got right across the board. 
Okay, yeah, that was another one where, where we thought was surprised. Th I thought that maybe uh, Cleveland yeah, was also across the board. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that Cleveland would be so terrible. I mean, Baltimore. I mean, uh, the Bengals would be so terrible, but um, yeah, you, my, you totally called that one. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, uh, those thought, two were right next to each other in the list. Yeah, I was doing great in the yeah, like six in a row really going, and then all the home teams that I thought would win in the four in the three o'clock slash four o'clock window lost and in beyond this is a sunday night and, and beyond monday. and sunday night and monday night uh oh actually i picked the, the, the jets did win on monday night but i i i picked uh buffalo uh to win and buffalo should like aaron Rodgers isn't even playing buffalo should have won easily but oh man it was it was a frustrating week and my my second miss was identical bet to my first for Tennessee at New Orleans. I thought both of those teams' offenses would be improved from the year before because of uh, better quarterback play. Uh, Derek Carr now is going to be the New Orleans quarterback, and I thought you know Tannehill's back. Uh, and we also have um, uh, you know a, a you know a healthy uh, healthier um, offense for uh, the Titans. And I just thought, well, um, DeAndre Hopkins is there now. And I think both teams are going to score at least 20-something points. And it was yeah. a 16 to 15 game, a, a defensive slugfest. And I thought, again, it's in a dome. You know, there's no weather to be a, a problem. But it was well under. It, it didn't look like it was going over. So, um with 16 of 34 for only 198 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Does that sound like a good line for a QB? No, it does not. Yeah, yeah. so neither. Uh, yeah, Carr had over 300 yards passing, mm -hmm. uh, but only one touchdown. And I think it was... Not enough Taysom Hill, I'm pretty sure is the problem there. So was it just five field goals then for the text for, for the Titans? I think it was just five field goals. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. No, nobody's Nick Folk had a, if I had Nick Folk on my fantasy team, that would have been a great yes. day, but yeah, there was one touchdown total from both teams, eight field goals. So had some of those field goals been touchdowns, it would have been better, but yeah, it, it just was not my day. Um, yeah, Tannehill had a twenty-eight point eight um, passer rating, a ten point three QBR, so he's one tenth of the best quarterback you could have. Yeah, ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it. Yeah, that's really right. <laughs> if you had ten, if you had ten quarterbacks in the game at once with that rating, yeah. So together I mean, they would be pretty good. Maybe Tannehill is Russell Wilson now. He's he's just hit a cliff and he's down. I don't know. Maybe maybe just it's just week one too. So it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, how about your third and final? Uh, my third pick was the Buffalo at, at Jets. Buffalo minus two and a half. All they had to do, they when I when they saw they won the toss in the overtime, I was like, oh great, we'll wrap this up quickly. They'll drive down, get the field goal. I'll win the bet, three for three, and then they go nowhere. Punt, return for a touchdown. Tamarick Vanover esque punt return overtime. Yeah, winner. Uh, from you know, remember that game almost 30 years ago when the that was during the magical Chiefs uh, 1995 season when uh, 
think it was Steve Bono at quarterback. Uh, it was the year, I think the year after that, um, after Montana retired, mm. went 13 and three, a lot of overtime and close victories sealed by, um, I think James Hasty had an interception return in overtime when the against the Raiders when the Raiders were like at the thirty five yard line of the Chiefs and then there were I think there were three what was that oh was that one of the was he one of the was he the player that spiked the ball off of uh, one of the Bills image the Bills uh, coaches images off oh of that was him? no that was um Is that Hasty no nineteen ninety three again in the playoffs. At Houston, at the Oilers, Buddy Ryan was the coach. Yeah, oh, it was Buddy it was, Ryan. Yeah. It was Keith Cash who caught the touchdown, oh. tight end, uh, and he threw it at the face. But yeah, it was. <laughs> but Hasty was a similar. It was an interception return. And I think here was it William White. I can't remember what it, the guy's name. There was another. There were like three defensive touchdown returns, like in overtime that one games for the chiefs that year. So they were kind of living a kind of magical life. And then of course they lost uh, the first round of the playoffs. That was, I think the Leon Elliott game. Uh, and so <laughs> they were 13 and three in both 1995 and 1997. They were number one seed and they lost the first playoff game. They lost to uh, that 97 was when they had better quarterback play, but they had two quarterbacks. Uh, they couldn't decide between Rich Gannon and Elvis Gerbeck and they picked Elvis Gerbeck for the playoffs. And then they lost 14 to 10 against uh the 40 against the broncos and then john elway would go on to win uh, uh his um first super bowl that year and win another so the chiefs had a better team than the broncos did but they you know but they actually had a really good team that 97 team the 95 team was kind of lucky but and they yeah they still i don't know so that's that's one reason why I, i'm a little bit hesitant to think that teams like dallas or teams that score a lot of points with blocked field goals and um, interception returns and stuff like that. Those are harder to come by consistently. And so if you're living off of those, your luck's going to turn. So, um, but my luck did not turn on my third game either because I thought, well, Hey, the Chicago bears, they are going to beat uh, the Aaron Rodgers list. Green Bay Packers uh, with Jordan Love as the quarterback. Love has been less than impressive the times he's been on the field. And really, they, 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 really just the Packers kind of just wanted to move on. And so hey, we got Love, we might as well play him. And Love looked great. Uh, the Bears looked like the Bears. And it was an easy, easy victory for uh, the uh, easy, easy victory for the Green Bay Packers. I think it's 38 to 20 i think that's yeah that's it yep and yeah so the bears were when i bet the bears they were one point favorites they ended up going up to one and a half or two some places but they ended up losing by 18 so justin fields looked kind of like justin fields early he ran well but he couldn't throw and the bears defense was bad and just like it was a disaster so i was zero and three on my uh pick picks my my uh you know my best bets i was always doing my best bets you were two yes. and one of your best bets and that success or lack of success carried over in our overall standings we don't, we're not gonna go through every game but 
you yeah, ended... maybe, we'll just, maybe we'll just give like the synopsis then give, it... yeah give us the synopsis dr skeff you ended up much better than i did yeah so we so we each bet a hundred dollars three times on each game spread money line over under and so we we have a spreadsheet now where we've picked out all of the game all all of uh the bets for each game uh so we had forty eight hundred dollars in bets uh the totals for the first game were for the first set of games then so week one uh i ended up plus twenty six dollars and one cent mike <laughs> hey that's not that's not bad what is a 0.5 percent return for i guess yeah, if you have 4800 or whatever it's yeah. like, that's that's like leaving it in the bank uh maybe for a week yeah. you might get that amount of interest May, probably uh, if, it's, if it's in like a high year for a year maybe. maybe or a high yield mutual fund maybe <laughs> you'll, you'll get something like that in a, in a week yeah um maybe but yeah you on the other hand didn't didn't fare so good. i i was doing all right um after Through the even the with the Chiefs game. loss that that really hard that really kind of crippled us at the beginning Set the tone early yeah it's like the Chiefs should have won that game and they should have won it going away and they had no, it was like you couldn't predict that the way they lost that i don't think yeah especially because the defense played well and mahomes played well and you know but we i did very well in the first um early afternoon slot of games and i was through that out. through that point you were ahead of me at that time by like a quarter or something like that. <laughs> But then, then the, I, then the rest of it ended and the, happened, and then you ended up down eighteen hundred sixty-two dollars seventy-three cents was the total, Mike. Yeah, thirty-nine percent loss. <laughs> that was starting in the hole for cumulative stats, but but week two will be a brand new. I think my my lesson is that week one is usually not good for me, and maybe. It, in the future, I won't bet some. Uh, if I if I became if I become a professional gambler, which after this week, I, I it doesn't look like there's no evidence that I should be. And I would say, well, maybe I'll just stay away from week one because I did pretty well in those preseason games. Uh, I won. I would have won um, several hundred dollars in the preseason. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I lost. I think you only lost one bet in the preseason of the ones that we we talked about. We made, yeah, I, I went and we went blank. Because um, I think you you made picks on the Chiefs game. I made picks on the Chiefs game. Spread, I made money line, and I only missed under, one. And, and you missed was, one total out of all of those nine. Yeah, and then I picked. We did the all over unders, and yeah, I cleaned up on that too. And yeah, those weren't perfect, but the blanket would have been plus well. like twelve hundred bucks probably on the yeah. over under because so i think we're, it averaged about i averaged about plus 400 each time uh each week i think and then and then uh probably on the chiefs i would have also gotten a decent amount of money so maybe almost the amount of money that i lost this one week on the mm. preseason i i i so maybe i'm even technically but uh I lost it really fast because, and it really went downhill quickly because I predicted home teams to win and do better. And, and then the one time I didn't predict the home team to win was when the jets beat the bills. Right. And so all of these um, home favorites or even home underdogs 
did not win outright. Right. And that's I, my money line bets were even worse than my other ones. I think so. Even between the two of us, our money line bets were the worst of the three types of bets. And that's if you want to hear the numbers on the uh, the totals anyway. For spread yeah. you were six of sixteen. Uh, money line you were six of sixteen. Also over unders you were five of sixteen. Ooh, that's not good. So, but I, you uncharacteristically went over on your a lot. I, of I, your I saw some really low totals. Yeah, and I thought that well, these are low. I, I the totals were low in the preseason, and I went a blanket over when I'm usually more of an under guy, and it did very well. So I kind of continued that, and it didn't work. So. I just thought it was amusing because I I took usually what what you had typically said about you know un, about unders, especially after we talked about the preseason, how we, everything was going well over, and now the over under numbers were inflated compared to the preseason. I picked mostly unders, and I ended up going eleven for sixteen in the over unders. Using your strategy, well, you abandon your own strategy. Mike. I, 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 I need to go back to your old strategy. I need to go back to my old strategy. I went to my preseason strategy, and I thought that well, these are because people. I, I was thinking people know now that under is a better bet, so that's why they're pushing them down. But you know, everybody likes an over. You like scoring, and I think people naturally—it's a lot more fun to take the overs. People naturally want the over, and so I, 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 I fell for it, I guess. Or you could just say, well, the teams played poorly, and like they should have done a lot better, and it's not my fault those teams sucked. And uh... that's definitely what I said about the uh, Buffalo game. Like they absolutely should <laughs> have won that game. There's no reason for them to have lost that. Yeah, that's, no, that's on them. That's not on me. And like, there's no reason that um, Pittsburgh should have been so bad, and no reason that the I don't know, the, yeah, like the home teams, you know, Denver lost at home, Seattle lost at home, Chicago lost at home, the Chargers lost at home, the Giants got blown out at home, uh, New England lost at home, you know, all these teams lost uh, on the money line for me, and mm-hmm. I was. Through uh, the early games Sunday, I was six for eight on the money line. And then I went, oh, for my last one, two, three, four, five. Oh, for my last uh, seven. So that's that's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't do much better on the spread of the over. And, and they were all only one of them was an underdog. That you picked. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's that's what's the uh, the weird thing too, right? Oh, I get you know, second one. What there were two. Yeah, I I picked. I thought New England might upset um, the Eagles. Yeah, that was close. I thought the Eagles maybe should have lost that game, but they didn't. And but yeah, you did did pick the Giants. I did pick the Giants. I thought well, it's at home, and the Giants do well. You know, I thought I thought that Dallas might. Come out flat. Lose yeah. week one. They lost week one last year to the um, Buccaneers pretty badly. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to really think about last week anymore. The betting. Do you, should we move on to another loser? Uh, the Kansas City Royals. I was, I, the transition I was would have said is like when we were talking about uh, not understanding how you know somebody could really lose. Be like you'd also not be worried about a nine run lead in a game. But apparently nine runs 
isn't maybe enough to make it uh, uninteresting. That what, <laughs> did you yeah, see well, the final score? The Royals won one of their two games today. So they played a doubleheader because their uh, Monday game one, was right One of the two games today. Also, one of the games uh, since our, the only game they won since our last uh, discussion, Mike. They are now 44 and 101. So, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yes. Um, but yeah, they were ahead nine to nothing in the second game of the doubleheader. They lost the first game of the doubleheader, of course, six to four, six to two. And then, and then they were uh, up nine to nothing through three yeah. innings. Through four innings, they were up nine to nothing. And then um, they scored nine runs in the first three innings. And then they allowed nine runs in the fifth and sixth inning combined eight runs in the sixth. And then that was a tie game and they somehow won 11 to 10. And yeah, Lyles goes into the bottom of the fifth inning with a nine run lead and leaves the game in the sixth and uh, is, you know, taken off of, of a decision then even by the end, by the time Taylor Clark had blown his lead the rest of the way. Yeah. And we have Fermin going out of an injury, but um, but his replacement at catcher, Logan Porter. Had you heard of Logan Porter before? Yeah, only because I kind of pay attention to the Ross minor league system. But he's 28 years old, so he's a little old to be making another 28 year old rookie catcher like feel like uh, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, but yeah, he was um two for, two for four in his in his debut. Drove in two runs in the first inning. Yeah. So his his av- batting average is 500s on base percentage is 600 because he had a um I don't know how his on base percentage became 600 but I guess he maybe he had oh he must have had some appearances in the in the in the game before um I don't think the, so this is his debut game did he get on some other way I don't know it doesn't that's weird because he's got two for four. Um, maybe did he play a game? Yeah, he, he was hit by a pitch. Oh, hit by a pitch. I didn't, I didn't show up in the box score. Okay, hit by a pitch. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, three, three for five. Then in plate appearances, he reached. Yeah. It, yeah. For some reason, the hit by pitch now um shows up on the other teams underneath the pitching stats, yeah, not underneath the offensive teams location yeah. anywhere. Yeah. That's something that's been like reorganized in recent times. Three Royals were hit by pitches yep. in the last game. Does this mean you think in the game three of the of the series, which will be on Wednesday, the day before this will air, do you think there's a chance for a brawl? Because three Royals were hit. No white size. We know and we know the history in Chicago of even people jumping out of the stands. And uh, was it the league uh, family? Uh, uh, Bill William, Bill League and his like son, who were like these shirtless, toothless kind of uh, <laughs> white kind of rednecky people that yeah. uh, that uh, were drunk and they beat up. Was it Tom Gamboa? I think it was the uh, first yeah. First that sounds right. This would have been like was this in the this was like mid to late nineties when when was when was the right around two thousand maybe. Um, I'm gonna say 99, 2000, somewhere in there. 2002, 2002. A little later still. Yeah, I guess it was my my first year in grad school. So, um, just started at Yale, and uh, yeah, Gambo suffered permanent hearing loss in his life right here in that game. So, uh, yeah, those guys. So, 
they've had some issues and because and, and they're divisional opponents there's some bad blood usually also we have pedro Grifol as the manager with maybe you know maybe maybe they're friendlier because he's the manager but yeah um there's there's maybe no love lost between these teams and both teams are having much worse seasons than they predicted mm-hmm. and so maybe they'll say well let's maybe we're gonna uh, have a dust up on in game three that's my I, I, so that's I, I i just since when i saw those three hit by pitches i thought maybe that's gonna happen at Please least somebody's start. at least somebody's gonna get thrown out of the game that's my prediction that's well, pretty bold i don't i don't know that any of the royals care enough to get into a fight though that's what i know that's hard to tell yeah <laughs> sally would he's not a fighter though he's a he's a joker yeah who was a fighter i don't know he seems to laugh a lot i don't know yeah but i don't, I don't know who would be a fighter on the team so well maybe one of the pitchers would throw at somebody yeah that that i wouldn't that's, doubt that's but, my guess yeah because the royals would want revenge for getting hit three times because that's still a kind of unwritten baseball rule that if you get if you get plunked a lot yeah um i didn't see any of the hit by pitches though so i don't know if they were maybe they were curveballs in the dirt or something or yeah or just uh iffy ones but i don't know three's a lot three is plenty the pitcher tomorrow Oh, it says undecided. <laughs> undecided. Oh, it's Clevenger though against. Uh, so he's sort of a hothead for the White Sox. He played for the he played for the then Indians Guardians for a while and was yeah. The Royals didn't like pitching against him, playing against him. I don't think so. I think that um, bodes well for my prediction. Yeah, this is probably enough talking about the Royals. I would guess. <laughs> i think well we're looking for we're really scratching uh you know in in, you know scrounging for i guess scrounging is a better word scrounging for the uh anything we can find to trying to get this thing to focus my camera there we go Um, those of you who are just listening uh wouldn't notice anything different but if you're watching on youtube uh you'd notice me putting my hand in front of my camera for some strange reason uh, and all of you who have been on Zoom probably do something like this, though. But we're scrounging for any sort of interesting tidbits for the Royals into the season when they're, you know, basically slumping towards maybe a 115 loss season. I think that's not out of the out of the question. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, just a disaster of a season. At least 110. It's going to be at least 110, I think. Yeah, we have to go back and review our over under totals uh for the season in baseball since we're yeah those two so i'm i'm yeah i i think i hopefully i can at least break even on those but yeah i think there are yeah there are kind of some like end of season things that we'll probably end up going through uh with the royals but like checking in on these week to week is getting more difficult for for us i'm still watching some of the games but it's man it's hard to sit through them because they're unfortunately for bad Fortunately for uh, us, we have the Chiefs, but the Chiefs look bad in their opening game, but hopefully we'll do better. Um, so that I think we can segue into our predictions for week two of the NFL season. Sure. We'll do our um, three best bets. Of course, 
mine should have been maybe the worst bets. So I think if you're if you're using Morning Trek Power Hour for betting advice, if you picked against me every time, you would have been up a lot of money this week. And maybe that's maybe I'll have to constantly <laughs> and just do the opposite of whatever. Yes, I think I'm not quite there yet. I'm gonna wait for another week to be the Costan. Like if, if I have a week as bad as this week, next week, I might start doing Costanza. But then of course, when I do the when I start doing the Costanza, I'm sure it would backfire. And that would be the one time that uh things would look better. So I don't I'm 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 uh debating a course of stubbornness versus uh you're, you're welcome to join me and to, to, to start <laughs> picking against teams rather than pick what you think will happen, but pick, you know, against the teams that you think are bad. Yeah, I'm hoping that that will uh, not be a good strategy for you in the long run. At least, at least, uh, I, not that I want you to lose money, but I want to at least look uh, like I'm coming close to uh, catching you. So um, what what happens if it's like week nine and the spite picks are way up on on the strategies that you've taken? Are you gonna are you gonna join the spite side? No, I think I I think I would since the spite is right now just barely over making money. I would just go the opposite of what I would think, and right then I'd be spite should have been three and zero, but Buffalo Bills now may be on my spite. Ooh, later because of that there yeah, we'll see we'll, so are, well are they on your are they on your best bets of bills they're not what okay tell me then what your first of the th- of your three best bets the first pick your is locks, going against, your locks of the week against something that uh that i thought before the season started but after week one green bay looked pretty decent in their game mm-hmm. and their week two matchups against atlanta Green Bay is minus one and a half at Atlanta. I'm taking that as my first. Did you think favorite. that the Green Bay Atlanta matchup would be a matchup of two undefeated teams in week two? Never, never, never would have thought that. I thought maybe well, Atlanta if you would... told me to pick out the season a hundred times, none of them would have had these two being one one and zero. Oh. I thought I thought that Atlanta would win at home against the Panthers. I think uh-huh. I um. Like, I think they uh, on our uh, win totals. I think they were one of our lowest ones, were they not? Yeah, I on the money line. I so I missed the spread. I thought that it would be a wait. I I I th- I missed the spread. I got the money line, and I got the under. Wait on that one. So well, I, got two I, I had Atlanta with only three wins on the season, so they've only got two left. If my, yeah. I think I had them. Well, I had Carolina and Atlanta both only having like five, and 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 they split against each other. So I I, I thought they'd split at home with each other. So no. um, I did not think I thought the I thought I think I thought the Packers would maybe only win five too, and or four, and they've won. You had one. them at five. I had them at four. Okay, but so, now I'm predicting they get their second win. Well, I think it's looking good after two weeks. Yeah, I think, and then maybe they only had two wins left the rest of the season. That's how my. Yeah. To make my prediction correct, anyway. I don't. Yeah. So the Packers won a uh, big thirty-eight to twenty last week, and the Falcons won twenty-four to ten over the Panthers. And so you're thinking, what is the spread? One and a half points. Who's Green favorite? Bay's the favorite. Who oh, Green Bay's the favorite? You think? Okay. And I think if you think Green Bay is going to win, you might as well go on the one. Like, 
It's yeah. hard it's to by a field goal that covers hard to, hard to thread that needle and say, yeah. well, I think they'll win, but I like the one and a half. I successfully threaded the needle in the preseason, uh, and and uh, it yeah. worked perfectly because of an ill-timed Chris uh, Oladokun uh, interception uh, that led to a winning field goal for the uh, uh, Saints, but also kept the Chiefs within uh the uh spread so uh but anyway i i i'm not feeling as confident in this week's picks but i i'm also making a my first bet on uh two teams uh that were uh, started out one and oh and i think maybe we were we uh were not co- confident that these te- both teams would both be one and oh either uh, we thought you thought maybe the Steelers. I mean, maybe the 49ers would. I thought maybe the 49ers might even lose to the Steelers. Uh, and I thought the Rams would play okay in Seattle, but I didn't expect them to win outright. But uh, we have the Rams at home against the 49ers. And I think Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan usually have interesting games against each other. The games are usually close. Uh, this is, uh, and the Rams are at home, but they're uh, eight-point underdogs. And I think that's a lot of points to be giving. Like, for the 49ers to be eight-point favorites on the road against a team that looked pretty good in week one against Seattle and a team that actually won the Super Bowl the season before last and it seems like Stafford's healthy again. It seems like the Rams... Um, maybe have a good receiving core, uh, some young guys that have stepped up. And so I think the Rams won 30 to 13 on the road. So it was just, it was maybe as impressive a road win as the 49ers had a divisional road win even. And so I'm, um, I like, I like, I'm, uh, I, yeah, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. Have you heard of either of those players before this week? Each of them had 119 receiving yards. Exactly, 119 yes. yards. Yes. And um, actually, the the uh, Rams had zero passing touchdowns, even though uh, they uh, threw for 334 yards. It was three rushing touchdowns, one from. Cam Akers had 22 carries for 29 yards. Have you seen anybody with that many carries and that few yards in a game? You wouldn't. You'd think that they would stop handing the ball off. I guess then they went after, to after and, like maybe 15 carries of like yeah. whatever yards. Yeah, yeah. As that was yeah, that was strange. But yeah, the, um, there were also no turnovers in that game. Weirdly. But yeah, so like how that's that's. But anyway, I think uh, the Rams can at least cover the eight points. Even though I, I know the 49ers are good, but I think the Rams are pretty good too. So I thought maybe the Rams would have a bounce back season and maybe make the playoffs this year or get close to it. So so far so good. How about your second bet? Uh, second pick is another. Uh, cl- I'm st- I'm sticking with uh, spreads. It seemed to work for me pretty well. Last year. I was pretty happy with the picks from last time. Uh, second one's another is a division rivalry game in the AFC East. Uh, I've got Miami minus two at New England. 
So this is more as much of a pick against New England as it is for Miami's high-powered offense. Miami's defense doesn't seem to be that great. But New England's offense, I don't think, is that good. So I don't, I don't think they can. I don't think they can keep up with them like the Chargers kept yeah. up with. Well, Mac, so if Mac Jones struggles, it looks like it's going to be Bailey Zappi again as the backup because we didn't talk about this weird story. We've been we've been really talking about the New England quarterback saga a lot uh, when they, you know, surprisingly cut. Uh, Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham and put them they both ended up being on the practice squad mm-hmm. for uh the Patriots but they only had one quarterback and then they, so they brought in Matt Corral who was released by the Panthers because Bryce Young is there but Matt Corral Corral apparently hasn't been seen he kind of just vanished yeah uh, and so no that, show and then Zappi became the uh um he became the backup by default so, so he was elevated from the practice squad. Yeah, he elevated him from the practice squad to be yeah. the backup quarterback. Didn't they didn't need him in the game? Mac Jones had a pretty decent numbers. He actually had he had a better game than I thought Mac Jones would. Yeah, but I think I still think Zappy is just as good. But yeah, Matt Cor- that Matt Corral story was but I not thought- showing up. That's very that seems really bizarre. Yeah, because like you would think, well, he'd be happy to be on an active roster. Yeah, because he was released, and um, so you wonder if they had some weird plan for him that uh, that maybe he found out about afterwards or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, they they have been in contact, I guess, with them. So he's not like completely missing. Yeah, he just left, and um, personal issues. I think he has had uh, maybe some. Uh, mental health issues and things like that in the past so maybe that's what's going on and you can't and it's hard it's hard to um you know deal with sometimes so maybe that's what's up with him but hope he's doing okay but yeah but that was surprise i think that was a again another twist in this crazy new england quarterback um saga i guess i've been calling it so but you picked against new england here Mm. And you picked the Dolphins to win. Uh, are they they're favored by two? Minus two, yes. Minus two, and you might as well pick them to win. Uh, if you if you think they're going to win out, right, you might as well pick minus two because it's not. That's I'm surprised the line is actually. That's part of why why I would make that pick. I guess you think Belichick always has something interesting in store on the defensive side, and maybe Tua. And the idea that well, Tua, you think is any moment now you think he's gonna get rocked and he might not come back for a while and yeah that's 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 the if he i don't know that you expect that to happen like during the new england game at least anyway but well new england's got tough defense that might you know i you you wonder he's yeah but i i i i I can see that bet too I i think the dolphins have a really good offense they might even have the best offense in football um right now they're better than the chiefs offenses uh, maybe with Kelsey and the receivers catching up, the, because Mahomes I think is better too. But like we said, I think the Chiefs don't make it easy on Mahomes. I think the Shanahan school of quarterback uh, of, of offenses makes it easier on the quarterback because this has allowed you know Brock Purdy so much success early on, and you, and you kind of wonder, well, maybe that's why Trey Lance because Trey Lance might just not be any good because he's you know didn't have success, but he only had a couple of games. And he's only had a few, a few games played since his since high school. Really, it seems like um, he didn't play much in college except for one year, 
and then yeah, something like 21 21 starts in college and in the pros combined i believe yeah if that yeah um, it's something like that yeah uh let me look it up so trey lance played for so he had 17 yeah 21 then and 17 of those were in college so okay, yeah. okay he only played one season but they went 16 and 0 because there's it's the uh fcs so there's there's the playoffs which has like five games in multiple it. rounds yeah. i think there are 32 teams that make the fcs playoffs at least i think it's 32 so if you had the round of 32 16 8 4 and then the final so that's five games in those playoffs and then he only played one game in 2020 because of covid and then i guess he's had four starts yeah he's had four starts over two seasons yeah well but and that was i think and then i think mahomes had 20 starts last season so that was what the that was one of the stats that came up i think a, a week ago a week or two ago that's right that's analysts, right yeah uh on espn we're we're talking about made that comment at least anyway on around the horn i think <laughs> yeah well um speaking of mahomes my second bet is on the chiefs i'm, I'm still going with the chiefs despite my their ineptitude in week one kelsey we think is back chris jones will be back um and so maybe, maybe playing i don't know yeah Only i guess you could think team. he might have a bosa-esque effect on the game yeah um i think they're both you know dynamic uh defenders and it seems like both of them were keeping in shape even though they weren't at training camp and so maybe they can step in after you know the, a few days practice and so i the chiefs were favored by two and a half at jacksonville which i liked a lot now that it's been bumped up to three and i still like the chiefs plus three i mean minus three uh in jacksonville i think the chiefs will be angry i think uh, also maybe there's a little bit of um we might think well do you think jacksonville might have re- want revenge on the chiefs for the playoffs but maybe the chiefs who Mahomes was hurt in the playoffs against might be uh looking to show something here too and to show that they weren't as bad as they were week one i think jacksonville is also kind of lucky to get the victory that they had in week one so even though it's in Jacksonville, I don't think of Jacksonville as having a big home field advantage. I guess the weather would be warmer or whatever, but I think everybody likes warm weather, uh, especially this early in the season. It's not going to be a big difference. Yeah. It's, it's still summer, basically. So I like the Chiefs minus three over the Jaguars. You think the Chiefs definitely don't want to start 0-2 and no. whenever they can to not be 0-2. No. And I think Mahomes is going to have a big day. And I think yeah. probably the receiving core is going to have a big day. And when he was healthy against Jacksonville last year, he had a big, easy game against them in uh, at home the first, in, during the regular season. And he threw kind of a dumb interception at the end to make it a little closer. Uh, but then he also was wheeling and dealing before he got hurt against Jacksonville in the playoff game. So um, I think he's... Yeah, I, I I think I think they're due for a, a big week, so that's why I like the Chiefs uh, minus three. How about your third and final best bet? Your third and final lock. Yes, our our uh, shoe, top three. Your shoe in of the week. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the Simpsons had uh, um, when it was the episode where Homer was in uh, betting on football and Lisa was giving him all the picks. Uh, uh, the guys like they had like this Jimmy the Greek type of guy, and he had a giant lock that he brought out for the lock of the week. 
And then somebody else had a giant shoe that he brought up for the shoe in of the week. And I think maybe we should have. Uh, we need a prop is what you're saying. We need, we need a prop. Awesome. Yeah. Or we could have a Lee Corso-esque. Um, we could put on a, a mascot helmet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or either a football helmet or a mascot head or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I haven't watched college game day this year. Is Lee Corso, is he gone from college? Day? He's getting really old. Uh, I think he was maybe even gone last year. I, I, don't I have no idea. I don't. I don't tend to watch those those shows anyway. Yeah, I I did. I watched sometimes. a lot of the talk, the like analyst talking head shows kind of things, but not the uh, not the game day stuff though. For some reason, it says he is going to be on. Yeah, somewhat, but um, he's. Did you know Lee Corbin? Which kind of um old america like sort of famous american company uh that um lee corso is like the president of i have no idea so he is the director of business development for dixon ticonderoga the pencil maker <laughs> the uh, pencil famous company? pencil maker uh which is wow. um, you know they're well known for their you know yellow number two pencils uh, it was, it's now, I guess, made in Florida as the headquarters. I guess originally it was in um, upstate New York, uh, Fort Ticonderoga area, Vermont. Yeah. But um, it's, you know, one of the most, I think, famous number two pencils that's ever been developed. And ever, and, and most other pencils are, are kind of knockoffs of the Dixon Ticonderoga pencil. So he is a prominent pencil maker <laughs> and apparently 2005 uh there was a ma- a big factory in missouri in a city named after a european city but pronounced much differently <laughs> do you have a guess of which missouri city named after a well missouri? there are a lot yeah but i'm gonna go with versailles Yes, it is for sales. You could have also said, I also thought maybe you'd say Milan because there's a Milan. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Milan. Um, there's also yeah. a Lebanon. Yeah, Le- Lebanon's not that bad because we kind of say Lebanon. When no, say but it's Lebanon. not, you don't say the A at all. It's just Lebanon. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's a Potosi, uh, Potosi, and there's one well, that's like Mexico and uh, Missouri, but Nevada, I always like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Versailles, Versailles, Missouri, after Versailles. Uh, and it is kind of in the middle of the state, kind of northern Ozarks. And uh, its population is about 2,500 people. So it's it's remained steady over the past several years. It's not, it's not getting smaller like a lot of small towns. Hmm. Um, but uh, it was... Yeah, I guess the biggest business there was the Dixon Ticonderoga pencils that were made there. Um, I remember Kansas Kansas City had its own kind of school supply. Um, it was uh, one of the headquarters of Stuart Hall. Remember they made uh, notebooks. They were kind of the rival to Mead. And that in that one building, yeah. the building that's like the Abdiana building now, that was once the Stuart Hall factory or. Mm office building and it had a Stuart Hall sign on it 
I think. Or was that tension envelopes? Maybe that was tension envelopes. There's a tension envelopes building. Is there still a tension envelopes building? Well, the sign's still there, but I don't, I don't think. Okay, it, yeah. Um, so I think that was a steward well, hall. Maybe it is still, maybe it is still being used as a as an envelope. Envelope, envelope factory. I say envelope. I, I will sometimes say envelope because I, 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 well, I think either one's fine. It comes from the French, but yeah, I, we say the word envelope. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm consistent, and I say envelope. Yeah, uh, rather than envelope. But if I'm in France, I would say envelope. Uh, ah, yes. But tension. And when, when in Rome, did you know that uh, former mayor of Kansas City, Richard Berkeley? is the owner of tension and tension envelopes no didn't know i was just looking that up and rick uh dick berkeley richard berkeley his name originally berkowitz so Mm. i wonder if he changed it well maybe it sounds berkeley's less Jewishy, maybe, but also maybe because of the son of some Sam. <laughs> maybe maybe it doesn't sound like he's a serial killer. Yeah, David Berkowitz. He was a Jewish. He's the first, city's first Jewish mayor, and was he was mayor when we were kids for a long time. Wow. And Berkeley Riverfront Park is named after him, and uh, he was around for the um, uh, expansion of Bartle Hall, the revitalization of downtown, earliest revitalizations of downtown, and also that the the higher. Regency uh, walkway collapse, but yeah, he was, yeah, so that was uh, Berkeley, but yeah, Berkowitz. Hmm. I don't know when he changed his name though, because he was born in 1931 and he became mayor in, I guess, 1979. So he's mayor from 1979 to 1991. So basically our first 12 years of life. So he was my first mayor. I guess we moved to Kansas City in 1978. Uh, I was born in 1978, but I lived in Riverside um, then. So he would not have been my mayor. Uh, I only moved to Kansas City. Uh, I moved when I was in, in 1983. So I was, it was October of 83. So I was um, four, not quite five. And I moved to yeah to Kansas City, so I guess he was also my first mayor. Then. Yeah, so I would have been in KC in like October, I think, of nineteen eighty. Ooh, okay. So, not that Riverside's that far away from me. <laughs> well, this is, <laughs> Kansas City, though. This has been a this, this is a, round a, a real digression of of. No. Uh, did you make your did you make our third pick yet? No, I haven't made a third pick yet. I'm I haven't either. So talking about mayor, your, so. You were talking about the before May, we were talking about envelopes, office supplies, Lee Corso, <laughs> right. and Dixon Ticonderoga. Now we've stepped our way back and now we're we, back. I want to look up Stuart Hall really quick and see if if there if that's true. Did you know there's a there are several people in Wikipedia? named Stuart Hall. There's a race car driver, a British race car driver, a British boxer, the bantamweight champion of 2010, a cultural theorist, Jamaican-born British Marxist sociologist, cultural theorist, political activist, Stuart Hall, founder of the New Left Review, and also Stuart Hall, an old white guy who is 
um, a famous kind of game show uh, and uh, sports uh, presenter. Actually, he was also uh, convicted of multiple sexual offenses against children <laughs> in 2013, ending his media broadcasting career. So we've had, a, there's an interesting number of Stuart Halls uh, and, and it's all spelled S-T-U-A-R-T. Right. Um, there's also a Stuart Hall school, uh, a couple places, and a uh, in a um, but Stuart Hall building. I guess it still does have the Stuart Hall sign, so maybe it's not the Abdiana building. That was maybe the um, tension envelopes building. Hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, Stuart Hall building was constructed in 1910 as a manufacturing facility for Nabisco, the National Biscuit Company. And there still is an oven there, but it was used as a warehouse for Stuart Hall. Um, it was also where the company's operations were located. And it was converted to residential lofts in 2004. So mm. um, in, the, in the crossroads kind of uh, area. It used but, to be yeah, just notebooks as far as you could see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of spiral. Uh, <laughs> I just spiral spiraled on forever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Big Chief. I think they also made Big Chief tablets uh if you remember those yeah um i think Stuart hall made them i'm looking at the big now i'm looking for the big chief tablet uh oh those were made in saint joseph i knew it was, had a had a local kansas city connection so it was it was made in uh originated in quincy illinois and then uh was made in um saint joseph missouri it became the world's largest paper tablet producer uh, in 1906 when he built it and then big chief was 1947 and 1966 the mead corporation acquired western tablet and then mead would later sell the big chief line to springfield tablet in springfield missouri so um and springfield tablet closed and now everett then it was everett pad and paper of everett washington and now a uh, Texas company still resumed the production of the Big Chief writing tablet, um, which we had when we were kids. I think I remember the Big Chief. I think probably it's become a little bit un PC maybe to have a Big Chief tablet nowadays. But famously, um, did you ever read a Confederacy of Dunces? Years and years ago, but uh, Ignatius J. Riley wrote all of his thoughts on Big Chief tablets, even though we yes. think of Big Chief as the tablets for like little kids uh to write on uh but yeah he all of his all of his uh thoughts were, went on to he exclusively i think used big chief tablets nice so anyway uh <laughs> uh well so let's, let's go to our third pick let's and go so our... my third pick <laughs> uh i always some sort of diversion on on yeah. this in this show to something weird. Where else are you gonna hear about these Kansas City area office supply companies uh, and things like, and, and related ta tangents because of Lee Corso and his pencil business. You're not gonna hear that on any other uh, podcast. <laughs> not like the, not a sports podcast anyway. Just here. Uh, okay, sorry, I, I I stole your thunder there. No, now our third, our third pick. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sticking with my trend of road favorites uh to the monday night game we got cleveland minus two at pittsburgh Ooh. but again also it's, this is as much picking against pittsburgh because i think that they're probably not going to have a winning season this year 
is you, you're hoping prediction beforehand. I'm I'm kind of sticking with this sort of thing until until I'm proven wrong. So you're rooting for Deshaun Watson, basically. Is that what you're saying? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Are you? A, you're not a Deshaun Watson truther. Uh... No, not at all. <laughs> I don't know why they signed him. I don't know why they spent the money on him. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I. But they beat Cleveland. Cleveland beat Cincinnati handily. I think they can beat. Yeah, Pittsburgh also. Although it's tough to go into Acrosure Stadium. Come out at night and come out with a victory. That's right. Okay. Oops. Uh, you probably didn't notice this. Uh, maybe you were listening to this uh, online, but uh, we had we had some technical difficulties just now, and I think it was because we mentioned Deshaun Watson's name a few too many times, and Zoom probably decided, "Well, this is this is this is too controversial here. Uh, we 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 can't keep." Uh, running this uh but uh so you back you pick but you still pick the uh the the browns to win at Acrosure stadium formerly known as heinz field as your third correct. pick that is correct i am betting uh on another um i guess a game at, i guess at a less storied stadium uh, Raymond James Stadium in in Tampa. Is it still called Raymond James? The nah, I'm not sure. It was Hands for a while, I think, and then it became Raymond James. Hands. Uh, <laughs> do they still have Hands? They uh, there's a few. I, I'm pretty sure, but it's it's a uh, much diminished from its height, at least anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I think I've only been to Hands like one time. I thought it was like a Kansas City based chain at one point, right? I I think so. Oh, Hoolahan's. Oh, never mind. Hoolahan's Stadium was the Tampa old Tampa Stadium, and then they built Raymond James Stadium. Oh, it is still Raymond. I've I've driven by it actually because I was in Tampa a couple times. Right? Remember, we did a couple shows from there. Yes. Yes. I. Yeah. So yeah, Hands was the old Buccaneers stadium. Raymond James uh was Yeah, it is still it's still called Raymond built James. Built in 1998. Okay. So Hands is still headquartered in Leewood. Uh the first Hands was the Country Club Plaza one. I don't know. Is the one is the one in the plaza still there, the Hands? I don't think so. I think uh, there's just one location. I think it's in like Overland Park. Okay. There are only 34 locations nationwide as of 2023. So ah. they have um not been doing so well. They were, I think there was they filed for bankruptcy and and uh things like that. But um yeah, yeah. anyway. Raymond James. The next my my bet is that Raymond James Stadium. So I was thinking it had it had changed names, but it's always been Raymond James Stadium. I don't know. Is is, is Raymond James uh, for Tampa have the same kind of closeness and cachet that um, Heinz had for Pittsburgh? You mean that Acrisure has for Pittsburgh? <laughs> well, Raymond James apparently is headquartered in Saint Petersburg, Florida. It's a you know 
multi-level independent investment bank financial services company. Mm. So it's it's yeah, I think it, it's sound. It's it's something for for rich guys, mm. but um, it I yeah, it's a I guess um, Acrisure. I I uh, the insurance broker is not located in Pittsburgh. It's actually found. It was headquarters. It's headquartered in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So mm. not very close. There's probably there. Are, I would say there's at least two NFL stadiums in between uh formerly known as former known former heinz field uh you have to go through detroit and through cleveland to get to pittsburgh uh but anyway uh raymond james stadium is hosting the bears buccaneers i am not picking um a side on this bet at least at least not um for my locks of the week i am uh simply picking the over it's a similar over to my other overs from last week it's over under 41 and a half points i'm picking the over again maybe stupidly but i think the bears and the bucks are both going to a score points and b allow points so i don't i I, the bears defense you know gave up 38 to green bay at home even though again i i don't Jordan Love's not a great maybe maybe he's going to become a great quarterback, but I don't think him as being much better maybe than Baker Mayfield. And and I think that um, you know the Buccaneers' defense is is was strong, especially a couple of years ago, but it's getting a little bit older. So I I, I think they still have a decent defense, but I think in the nice weather uh, in Florida, I think the Bears and the Bucks will each put up over twenty points. And if that if they each are over twenty points, that will be over. Uh, 41 and a half. Um, technically, it would be 42. If they're above 21, that'd be 42 would be the lowest score uh, possible, which would put me over. So I'm maybe dumbly going with over again, even though it seems like under was the way to go last week. I still, um, I, there were, I, I, I still like the, uh, the over here because I think people think maybe that Bears Bucks, that's a hard nosed defensive matchup and i'm not in both offenses aren't seen as very good but i don't think both defenses are very good either so um and i think and you've got to think the bears are looking to do better and and the buccaneers came off a win in minnesota so they did all right so um you know maybe maybe there's you know maybe maybe there will be a um offensive uh you know great offensive display display put forth in or or even a defensive display maybe it's maybe it's a lot of turnovers directly into points that yeah runs the score up but i I would say that of your picks last week this is very similar to some of your last (laughs) yeah it was like yeah where you know i i still i haven't gone to my opposite uh yet i'm going to at least wait two or three weeks uh, for something like that, so I'm still going on what I think is probably best because my, I I don't think I am in that I'm not I'm not as desperate as Costanza is or yeah, was. You went overs at exactly 41 points twice last week. This week you're going even higher, 41 and a, half, and a half points. Well, the well when I met when I betted on 41 for both games, um, 
they actually went up to 41 and a half after I yeah. the bet. So I was on the side where the money was flowing in. That's why they raised yes. the uh, so I'm I so I'm thinking I was really right because Vegas wouldn't have changed it. Uh, if they liked a lot of people going over because they thought, well, it's, it's it's an under. I think they did it because, well, I guess they wanted to get more people to go for the under to to balance things out because they weren't as confident in the under because they think, oh, a lot of people, smart people, maybe you're picking over. Um, and as you as we know, the uh, the 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 Steelers couldn't could only manage seven points in Acrisure Stadium, the fabled. Uh, Gridiron House, Acrisure, uh, the frozen tundra of Acrisure Stadium. But um, in the, um, you know, the, the lush Bermuda grass of Raymond James, I think there will be a lot of points. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going with the over there. Um, and we, we will make our $4,800 picks also fake money by the way as a disclaimer uh for the, for this week also right so we're we're playing yeah. our, all all three styles of bets for all 16 games again this week yes and so we'll we'll, we'll and we'll review those not every game uh but we'll review those on 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 uh the air next week and um there's one piece of chiefs news that i learned while we were on the broadcast is that when we talk about Chris Jones is restructuring, he's making a little bit more money and that actually put the chiefs over the cap. So they ended up restructuring um, a left guard, Joe Tooney's uh, contract and they freed up $8.7 million. So that, that seems like the chiefs maybe have about $8 million to play with. Now, do you think the chiefs will bring somebody in uh, with that extra cap money? Uh, I would I would think they would kind of like keep looking to see who's out there maybe but I don't I don't know if they're going to be actively like trying to find somebody like you know like right now to spend that money on but is that does that the how much more of it was going towards Chris Jones I didn't actually see Chris Jones's deal Chris well Chris Jones had a, his his incentives uh, there are like so there's two types of incentives yeah um, likely to count be earned caps and unlikely to be earned and it's based on a certain formula and yeah. the likely to be earned incentives go up go on this year's cap the unlikely to be earned if they're earned go on next year earned, go on next year's cap okay so, um so i would say there are probably maybe two or three million dollars worth of likely okay and the chiefs were about maybe one they had maybe about one million dollars to play with so maybe they're over they went over by a million or so and then joe tuning i think fleet of 8.7 million so maybe if they're you know that leaves maybe almost maybe seven million ish or yeah ish uh for um room in the cap now so when they freed up that cap that money will go uh, a lot of the restructuring money will go to next year and so that kind of makes tuny um somebody who's definitely going to be around next year because he has a big contract but he's been playing really well yeah and so that's anyway. That was the Chiefs' news that I wanted to imp- to uh, to let our, our legions of loyal fans, viewers, listeners know about. Do we have any other exciting, you know, information, proprietary secrets inside um, 
you know, inside football, uh, you know, uh, tidbits for anybody, or or are we simply ready to uh, call it a day? I believe that exhausted my library of information for today. <laughs> I think he was in the Dixon Ticonderoga, Versailles, Missouri, uh, Stuart Hall, Richard Berkowitz. That's my big, uh, my big chief uh, notebook big chief. Is, is now empty. <laughs> I didn't realize he was Richard Berkowitz. And, yeah, no. and I wonder if he did change because he became mayor in 1979. And that was, I think Son of Sam was 77. And I wonder if he, but he also might have changed it to Berkeley just to be into politics. But I would think, I don't know. I, I don't think that Berkowitz was really a bad name because he wasn't like an actor or something like that. Yeah, you know, I think it must be politically based because you wouldn't want to be associated with that guy uh, who was who, of course, right. had uh, Newman's mail route on Seinfeld uh, before Newman had it. So Newman had that mailbag that was owned by Son of Sam that he used as collateral <laughs> in the famous betting episode. Again, we're coming back to our betting. So it's all, it all, it all circles back uh, okay. with uh, Kramer in that, in that uh, uh, Texan who were betting on the flights coming in uh, <laughs> on the uh, departure and arrival board uh, in, in at JFK, I think it was, was one of the New York airports. Maybe it was LaGuardia, but it was, uh, you know, uh, Mexico City. Here comes Mexico City. And, and Kramer, uh, who had this gambling problem uh, that popped up from time to time, uh, needed uh, he wanted to go double or nothing on on uh, Earl uh, and or, and because uh, he was losing, so he got Kramer. I mean, he got, he got Newman to bring in his uh, his special Son of Sam mailbag, and so anyway, uh, I I think I think now I've truly exhausted my <laughs> tangents uh, for for for. Uh, uh, this week's episode of the Warning Trek Power Hour. So I will begin our customary signing off right now. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And please uh, continue uh, to support us here at the Warning Trek Power Hour. I am Dr. Michael Lerman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our YouTube channel or our many uh um, services uh, that we uh, deliver podcasts on and we hope to see you again next week for another exciting episode i don't think it, but i don't think if anything could top this week's episode i think, I think this is one of our classics it will certainly go on when we have it's our nice. network on wt on w uh pth classic uh, it'll be aired uh you know during sweeps week and things like that because this is this is <laughs> this is really a gem i think of an episode even with the technical difficulties caused by mentioning Deshaun Watson's name a few too many times, I think it's sort of like Beetlejuice. You don't want to say it uh, uh, or else uh, something bad might happen to you. And we uh, you know, thank you for your patronage and we will bid you good day.